0: Good morning. It's Saturday, April the 18th. We're reading through the Bible, both the Old and New Testament. I'm here to get you ready for your morning reading. Uh, this is a great section of the Old Testament, 1, Samuel's, 1 Samuel chapters 25 and 26. Uh, sadly, in the first couple of verses here, we see Samuel die, which is the end of an era in many ways. We've already had Saul, of course, uh, ensconced as the king in Israel. But Samuel is the end of what was the period of the judges. He was also a... Um, a prophet, but he was also called a judge. It's the end of that era. Now we have a monarchy in place, and Saul's not a great king, and we know that David's already been replaced, at least in God's eyes, as the king. And we see him here encounter Nabal. Uh, We read the drama of how it all worked out in the fields, and uh, Nabal is uh, rude in many ways to David, uh, more than rude, and David wants to take his own revenge. And Abigail, the beautiful wife, the wise and prudent wife of Nabal, Uh, knows her husband is bad news and uh, runs interference here and basically uh, is the persuasion David needs to restrain his anger and his uh, his thirst for revenge. And we learn so much here about restraint, and David needed that. Matter of fact, we get into, in chapter 26, another example of his need for restraint and his exercise of restraint after that whole situation with Nabal, which God deals with in a swift way, and uh, we can read all about that in chapter 25. Chapter 26, David has another opportunity to kill Saul, and he does not. He knows that God has put him in that position, uh, Saul, that is, as king. And even though he may have been anointed as king, he was going to let God deal with the timing of the transition. And so he does not kill uh, Saul, and that is to his credit, even though he's struggling. You can see the struggle that David has here in chapter 26 with all of that. So read that carefully and thoughtfully, and let's learn the lessons of, uh, of this great section of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have a powerful, powerful story that Jesus tells. Uh, people call it a parable, and it is a parable. I guess it's a story that goes along uh, side of, alongside of, that's what parable means, something thrown alongside of a point. But this is the only parable that Jesus gives us actual proper names for the figures. Lazarus and uh, the rich man. Lazarus is the one who is... Obviously, the hero of this story, though he was a poor man with every disadvantage in life. He dies trusting in God for salvation, and he ends up in a place of comfort after his life is over here. Uh, Conscious awareness after his death, and uh, the rich man who passed him by every day and did nothing, uh, had no compassion for him to help him, Uh, he ends up in a place of torment. And the story, of course is the rich man knowing he's missed his opportunity but wanting desperately for his brothers not to come to this place of judgment and the interesting response of Abraham and, and, and to him and Lazarus is, listen, they've got Moses and the prophets. In other words, we have the writings of the, of the scripture, the Old Testament in this case, uh, let your brothers hear them. They should read the scripture and adhere to that. They should know because God has revealed himself uh, in the scripture. So uh, powerful story and something for us to take to heart um, certainly as we think about our evangelism. Uh, our one another for the day that I want you to think about is a lot like yesterday's in that it's about love, but instead of just making this a standard of it's a new commandment and because the standard has changed from love yourself, love, love others as you would love yourself, to love as Christ loved. In this text, I want to take you to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12, where it talks about love, and it's another command to love one another, but it says, uh, may the Lord make you to increase and abound in love for one another uh, and for all as we do for you. Uh, a couple things we learned from this one another. One is that we know we need to rely on the Lord for this. We need to be asking the Lord to give us love. Uh, Part of my prayer list, I want to pray through the fruit of the Spirit and ask that God would, through the Spirit, make these things happen in my life. And the first thing on the list, of course, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And so we need to be praying for this. We need to be asking God for this. And as Paul confesses in 1 Thessalonians 3.12, is this is something that the Lord can multiply, can can increase and abound in your life. And I like the Way it says, not only for one another, which has been our focus, how we love the other Christians in the body of Christ, listen to this phrase, and for all. Just like it says in Galatians 6, we need to not only love those around us, but we, and as a priority, but we ought to love the non Christians in our lives as well, building bridges, caring about their hearts, their soul, and their future, certainly in light of our story here in. Uh, Luke chapter 16, we need to love our neighbors enough to tell them the truth of the gospel. So there's our reading. Uh, I want you to get into it now in 1 Samuel chapters 25 and 26 and Luke chapter 16, we're in verses 19 through 31, get to reading and think about your love for the other people in your life, both Christians and non-Christians, that it may increase and abound as God allows that to happen in your life.